Um, but Clovis, we're going to celebrate today kind of the big picture of Cornerstone, what's happened around the world, what's happened here in Prescott, um, and we're going to start by going big and going global. Absolutely. So we want to start by talking about missions, and so I think we have a slide with a map that kind of gives you a picture of where we're supporting missionaries around the world. We support mission work here locally through things like Set Free Center and the Gospel Rescue Mission, Agape House, and some other ministries. In fact, the whole uh, Four Prescott Week that we did here locally in the schools, etc., was all funded through the missions ministry. Um, then we have regional missions going on. We have the Hopi Reservation up in northern Arizona. We have a team going there next weekend, and we have Mexico missions, and we have a team going two weekends from now. 50 people headed down to Mexico to do ministry the weekend after Thanksgiving, and then we have mission work going on all around the world, and that's been a big part of the history of Cornerstone Church. And there were, there's one particular missionary couple that we want to spotlight that go back almost to the very beginning of the history of the church, and that's Jonathan and Susan Koff. They're in Papua New Guinea and have been there, uh, again, for 25-plus years, and uh, they were early, early uh, members of Cornerstone Church. In fact, he sent me a message, and I just want to read it sort of brief. Let me just read it to you. It's a message to us on the 30th anniversary. He says this. We have so many fun memories from Prescott Cornerstone's first days. We got married in Prescott, Prescott on June 17th of 1989, and as soon as we returned from our honeymoon, we began looking for a church family. After an evening Sunday service at a different church, we were driving along Whipple Street when we noticed a group of people gathered around an, uh, a, a church door, outside a church door. Even though we guessed their service would already be finished, we spun into the parking lot to see what kind of group it was. We were told how this group was starting a brand new church and that they had then located to this building, and we were welcome to come and take part. Some of the people quickly adopted us, and they began to call us the kids which was fun since neither of us had parents living in Prescott at the time. They were great fathers, mothers, and grandparents for us, especially around the time when our children Micah and Michaela were born. From that time until now, we are so privileged to be able to say we are a part of the Cornerstone Church family, and we feel extremely blessed to carry their message to the Papua New Guinea corner of the globe. Thank you for your love and prayers all these years, and may God bless you with many more fruitful years of ministry. Love and prayers, Jonathan and Susan Koff. So those are a couple of our missionaries. They go all the way back to 1989. And so uh, we looked back, and over the past 10 years, we have given over $1.2 million to missions uh, locally and around the world. And we definitely want to celebrate that. And so when you give, you know, 15% of what you give goes towards missions. And so I think we want to talk a little about that giving. And Yeah, so we're going to receive our offering right now. If you're watching online, thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. You can follow along underneath your screen at the bottom. There's some links there to help you be a part of it. And if you live in the area, we'd love to see you next week for the conclusion of our series on gratitude. But we're going to receive our offering right now. So we're going to ask our ushers to come forward at this time. We're going to pray and give. And then after we're done praying, we're going to watch a video that really celebrates the the impact of Cornerstone around the world. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for what you've done through this church. And we thank you that from the very beginning in June of 89, there was a vision that was bigger than this town. And uh, it's so easy sometimes to just be caught up in our own lives, in our own concerns and our own cares. 
but we thank you for the legacy of this church that's had a heart that is not only bigger than its four walls, but it's bigger than its zip code or state. And at various sizes, you've given us resources to be able to fund that. And so we're just so grateful that you've been faithful to us. And out of the abundance of your faithfulness, that we're a part of a community that generously gives. And we're so thankful for the stories and the testimonies and the changed lives that have come from that. God, you have been so faithful And we're grateful that you've called us and invited us into that faithfulness too. So we pray that you use these gifts that are given today here in Prescott and around the world to continue that legacy. And we celebrate you and we praise you and we worship you today uh, for your worthiness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So uh, that gives you a little bit of a picture of uh, some of the mission work that's happening through Cornerstone Church locally and around the world. That's not everything, but that's most everything, and so we, um, we want to celebrate that. We're fortunate today to actually have one of our missionary couples here with us who are on the mission field in Papua New Guinea, along with the Kofs, different tribe, but uh, with New Tribes Missions, or Ethnos 360, as it's being called now, and uh, this is Colton and Shauna Williams, and so would you please welcome them? I'll uh, ask Colton to introduce his family. We have a picture of them up on the screen. Yeah, as Pastor Close already said, uh, I'm Colton. This is my wife, Shauna. We have two boys, Isaac and Owen, that are eight and four years old. So uh, we connected with you guys uh, six years plus ago because you've been on the field six years, and it was before that. And I remember you guys connected with me, I believe, and uh, they're from Verde Valley. And we're part of a church over there, getting ready to head to uh, Papua New Guinea, found us online, contacted me, wondered if we might be interested in being a part of what they're doing. Turns out we're already very involved in Papua New Guinea Guinea with uh, New Tribes Missions, etc. So it was an obvious uh, good fit, and we've been supporting them for the past six years there. So, um, Colton, why don't you just kind of bring us up to speed? I mean, it's been six years uh, what's been going on? How's the ministry been going? What are some of the highlights? Uh, just, you know, just kind of fill us in and what's been happening over these six years. Sure. So, yeah, we left in 2013. We went over to Papua New Guinea. We learned the national language of Tok Pisin. That wasn't a very hard one. It took us about four months. It's kind of an English Creole. And in 2014, we asked the Lord, man, where do you want us to serve? It's a country of over 850 different language groups. And so to figure out where we were going to go was pretty difficult. But the Lord led us to the Kumon people at the end of 2014. And from there, we spent the next two years learning the Kumon culture and language every day, 40, 50 hours a week, learning the language so that we can bring the gospel to these people. And so from 2017 to 2019, we've been... Uh, just plugging away, teaching every day, um, different Bible studies, outreaches, my wife with the women once or twice a week, and me with the men, teaching the men, discipling them, seeing new people come to faith, and also ones that have placed their faith in Christ growing stronger in their faith. And so we're really plugging into these four or five guys here, as you can see on the picture, uh, just making sure that they are trained believers so they can teach and they won't need me anymore so we can work ourselves out of a job. So now we are here in the States and they're there. Now they're the ones teaching and they're the ones leading the church on Saturday or Sunday, sorry, 
uh, our Saturday, their Sunday, and then doing all these other Bible studies. They're the ones now taking it over. So we're just so happy to see what the Lord has done over the past several years and excited to see what he's going to do in the future as we head back. Well, I'm talking about uh, working yourself out of a job. Actually, Jonathan and Susan Koff have been on the field there for 25 years are about to move out of, of their tribe after having worked for all of that time, kind of where you're headed and wanting to do. Um, and Jonathan Bundy and myself will be there uh, with them the end of January and February. So we'll be in Papua New Guinea um, ministering alongside and celebrating the work that they've, they've done there. So, Shauna, um, I'm just, you know, curious about what life is like as a mom and, and with your children and just trying to help raise them and teach them and live life. What are some of, what are some of the experiences that you're having there in, in, in that role and in other roles as far as teaching and, and all of that? Yeah, I get asked this a lot about what it's like to raise little boys um, in another country. And I tell you, it's wonderful. This place is a great place for little boys because they can run around and climb trees and be barefoot. And um, my youngest, um, up until we moved here, he pretty much went outside in his underwear all the time. So he loves it there. Um, But uh, really, my days look a lot like um, probably what a lot of you mothers days look like here in the States, um, filled with laundry and homeschool and not really glamorous. Um, whenever I was first learning the Kumon language, um, I felt like it was really hard to find that balance of how much to put into learning language and how much to put into my family and my house and things like that. Um, but the Lord just sustained me through that. It is through him and him alone that uh, we made it through that phase of life at all and were able to learn such a difficult language. Um, and now that we've come out on the other side of that and we're just in regular ministry and discipleship, um, my days pretty much just look like my my boys are a part of the ministry with me. Um, they're just as big of a part as I am. They, We do homeschool in the morning, and then almost every single day, there's someone to go see, some mama to go talk to, um, and some kids for them to play with. So I say, okay, boys, let's pack up. I joked in the first service, my four-year-old could probably out-hike most of you guys in this room. He is an animal on those mountains. So um, he is happy to come with me, and my oldest too, and um, we'll hike down, um, down the mountain to a, another woman's house who uh, needs to talk some things through in the word or is going to teach or something like that. And um, I'll go sit down there with her. I'll pray with her, encourage her, or read some scripture and my kids will play with her kids. So um, my kids are keeping her kids distracted and happy while we get into the word. So um, I say all the time that, yeah, we, uh, there are, our whole family is a, a part of the team. It's not just us two. Amen. Amen. So, Colton, uh, you know, I know there has to be some challenges uh, just living in that environment and just doing the work there. Curious, what are some of those challenges? How can we be praying? How can we support you? Obviously, we want to continue. We will continue to support you financially. We will continue to support you in our prayers. But is there any other ways that we can be of support to you? Just what are some of the challenges first that you're experiencing? Yeah, we just appreciate Cornerstone's support over the years and even just seeing the different Christmas cards that have been sent to us have been such an encouragement to us and let different letters and people following us on Facebook and commenting and talking to us has been just a huge uh, support for us and encouragement for us because it is difficult. We're speaking in our third language and in a culture that's not our own. So when we go outside, anytime we talk, it's in a totally different way, not in our own mindset, not in our own way that we would normally say things. And, but it's completely different. And not only that, we're in a pretty hostile environment. There's a lot of violence that happens, a lot of 
um, accusations of witchcraft that happens. So there's a lot of things where they're trying to kill people because of that. And so that we see a lot of violence. So we need outsiders to come and encourage us uh, through prayer and through just talking to my wife or talking to us and just saying, how you guys doing out there? And as also there's these believers that are fairly new believers, fairly young believers, just as some of us, as we're young believers, we struggle through some things in the Bible. They're bringing in a lot of outside thoughts and beliefs. They think if we come into the church, we will be powerful, we'll have more money, we'll have more stuff. Uh, These are thoughts that have been brought in. So teaching through those things, helping them work through those different things. What does God say in his word about who we are? What, What happens when we become a believer? And what is our future hope in heaven with Christ? Those are things that you don't all learn at one day. It's a process that takes a lot of time, and they're still working through it, all of these believers there. So I'd really encourage you guys, as you think about the Kumon, if you look at a picture, just to be praying for these people that you see on these pictures, that you would think about their struggles as you've had struggles here, and pray that they'd be looking to the Word. Our coworkers had just finished the New Testament this last year, 2018. So the first time in history they have the Bible in their language, and they can read it for their own. So not only do they have the Bible, we've taught them how to read and write so that they can go themselves and not have to listen to a preacher or listen to me, but they can go and read the word for themselves. So be praying that they would take advantage of the scripture that they have and truly glean from the Lord who they are in Christ and how they can grow closer in a relationship with him. Yeah, and I'll just, I mentioned this before and I'll mention it again. One real practical way to encourage us is um, I think people tend to forget that we're just regular human beings um, and put us on a pedestal and think maybe we don't struggle or have um, times where we just want to throw in the towel or in ministry there. Um, but I tell you, we are very much human. And um, sometimes we have been alone in the village for the past uh, four years uh, without other coworkers. So sometimes we'll go up to six months without speaking to anyone else in English. Um, so uh, write to me on Facebook, write to me an email, write to my husband, encourage him, ask me what I'm making for dinner. So whatever it is, just something real small, just to, uh, it will encourage me. It will encourage my husband. If your kid wants to send my kids a little note of encouragement or just ask questions, Questions, it will make my eight-year-old so happy. So um, don't forget us in that way either. You know, so what's amazing is that you can be out there in a village, out in the bush, and you can have internet. You want to share a little bit about how that works? Yeah, it's crazy. As the as technology has come so far, and they're starting to have cellular towers being planted in different areas. So take for granted that if they don't steal the solar panels or the batteries that are keeping these solar uh, cellular towers running. You'll see people out in the middle of village uh, with grass roofs, huts, with cell phones. They're talking on the cell phone. And before they used to call tribal meetings, they'd have their special tribal call. But now they have phones where they can just text each other and call each other. And they're communicating in these ways. So you see people almost in like Stone Age times, but also now coming into the 21st century as these things mesh together. So it's quite an interesting thing. But very helpful for us as we move in there that we can have these uh, forms of communication that we can still stay plugged into the outside world a little bit. Yeah, I found that to be true in Africa as well. I mean, you can be out in the bush of Africa and they have uh, cell towers they put up and they still they have cell phones, which is amazing. So um, we just want to say how much we love you guys. We appreciate you. We're so glad to be partnering with you. We support you. We want to continue to support you. What we want to do now is I'm just going to 
pray a prayer for you. And then they're going to be out in the lobby at the missions table. If you want to sign up for their newsletter and that sort of thing, subscribe to that through email, etc. You can do that and stay in touch with them and be praying for them. And so take advantage of them being here this morning. Please visit with them um, as you celebrate our 30th anniversary. But now we're going to uh, pray for them. I'll ask you to stand. We'll pray and then continue on with our service. Lord, I just thank you uh, again for Colton and Shauna and for their heart for you and their willingness to follow you wherever you might lead, in this case, to Papua New Guinea. And we just pray your hand of blessing would be upon them, Lord, and and the ministry that they're doing there. there. I pray your hand of protection on them and their family while they're there. I pray that uh, while they're here in the States on furlough, God, that this would be a very restorative and refreshing time for them. And then they would go back strengthened and encouraged. And that we get to be a part of that maybe even today. We just pray for them, Lord. Thank you for them. Continue to work through them. Help us to help them, support them any way that we can. We just give you the praise for what you're doing through them in Papua New Guinea. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not sure where he is, but somewhere Jerry Grober is around here. Jerry, are you in here? Jerry's over here. Why don't you stand up, Jerry? Jerry made that video for us. We worked really hard this week on that, so thank you, Jerry. He's up here playing guitar, too. Um, well, we're just so grateful for all the work that went in today. We also want to thank Anita Barnett and uh, Aaron Van Patten and their whole team who provided everything out in the lobby and just did a great job. Let's give them a round of applause as well. Well, I'm joined up here by Kay Asmikis and Stan Cedarleaf. And Kay, you came to Cornerstone in 1996, so 23 years. And Stan, you came in 2000, so almost 20 years. And I thought we might begin with you, Kay. Maybe, would you share with us how you came to Cornerstone and what it was like when you first came? I think we've got a photo from you from those earliest days. Oh, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, uh, my first view of Cornerstone, uh, Cornerstone was as the first evangelical free, free church, church of Prescott. Of Prescott, a lot longer name. A lot longer name. I was looking for the hospital and drove by the church, and I thought, "Oh, okay." I hadn't yet moved here. Um, when I did move, my friends came up to be my um, helpers on my first weekend, and so we came to the free church. Um, we were greeted. We were greeted at the door by a couple with great big smiles. Uh, Connie and Lou, I found out, had been part of that greeting for years, and uh, no matter the weather, they stood out there and greeted. Uh, and then we went in, and there were a lot of people over in the side room, but not very many in the in the sanctuary. So we went in and sat down, and a, a lady came and chatted with us. Her name was Becky Anderson. And she was very welcoming and made sure I knew how to come back again. Um, I did. I came back alone two weeks later. And um, the pastor was supposed to be there to preach. Oh, he didn't preach that first day. He was on vacation. So I came back again. And um, his car had broken down. And he was stuck somewhere in New Mexico. And our guest of that day was our our missionary from Mexico, and he ended up giving the sermon when he thought he was bringing greetings. Uh, that day, we also had a, a potluck supper that night, and I met this young this lady by the name of Minnie. And by the time the dinner was over, she had me volunteered for the nursery. 
And you've been here ever since. I've been here ever since. <laughs> Stan, you came a few years later in 2000. Uh, talk a little bit about you know, what you experienced when you came as well. Um, Kay and I were, my wife Kay and I were very welcomed uh, at Cornerstone, and it was just like God planted us here and said, you're to be at Cornerstone. And one thing that I remember, uh, and this is something that you folks might, uh, uh, well, might appreciate, that is, as we go to the next slide, you'll see that on your left, you'll see a very small cross, and that was where the baptistry was. The baptistry was a, a tank, concrete tank. And had a drain in the bottom. And just after we finished worshiping, I heard a gurgling in the baptistry. The sewer backed up, <laughs> filled the baptistry with <clears throat> halfway. And the fragrance that we uh, experienced allowed us to exit the church. That was the last part of that service. So I remember that very well. Obviously. Uh, you know, you shared a little bit about the impact that joining a group had on you and, and changed your experience in church. Share a little bit about that. Yes, a small group. Um, it, it's phenomenal. Uh, Kay was part of that group that Kay and I uh, uh, joined. Becky Anderson invited us to a th Thanksgiving dinner. We had a Thanksgiving dinner with that, with that group. We then started meeting in Kay's home. Actually, we started meeting in Ron Hammer's home, and then we went to Kay's home, and we were there for almost uh, 12, 14 years before we uh, outgrew it, and Kay sold her home, and then we multiplied our group into three other groups. And so community groups have been just a great part of our uh, time here at Cornerstone. Okay, over these 23 years, what's one thing that you think has just stayed the same and stayed constant? There's been lots of changes, but what's, what's stayed constant? I think one of the things that uh, the caring for each other, the welcome, the warmth that you feel when you come in the door, um, and the focus that God is in charge. Uh, I can just share a little bit. Uh, I was in the hospital. Um, I'm single, old, live alone. I mean, what more? You've got the social worker at your door. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so she started going through all of the things that you had to have to, in order to go home. And I kept saying, yep, I got that. Yep, yep, that's taken care of. Okay, someone else is doing that. She said, how did you do that? And I said, I'm part of a community group. That's awesome. Now, Stan, you've, you've been on our board the longest of anybody. You're our longest tenured board member. Um, what have you seen that's changed, that's been positive, that's helped us to get where we are today? Oh, Scott, there's a number of things, but um, mainly uh, when the church was almost ready to close the doors, uh, we had hope that what might happen, we really didn't know. And so we just left it in God's hands. God moved through this whole process. Uh, when Pastor Hamber uh, res resigned and, and left the church, we got a new pastor. Um, and then John Dickerson came in and put Christ at the head of the church. And that was the greatest um, influence on keeping the church going because Christ became the center. Rather than having a menu for people to choose from what to do, we started giving people the path. And it's been such a great experience of that. Uh, the greatest thing that I can share is that when we were at the Rosser campus, many of you who know where the Rosser campus is, some of you may never have been there, but we looked for property. We couldn't find anything. 
We looked for buildings. We didn't find anything. And God led us to this venue. And I was blessed and fortunate to walk in that door with our executive pastor at that time. And when I opened that door, it was the Holy Spirit hit me, and I almost collapsed. I said, this is it. So rather than having a building that we have to worry about and be concerned about, God has given us this to worship in every day, every Sunday. And people who walk in that door, as Jesus said, whoever will, will come. And everybody is excited, is invited. Awesome. You know, if I use the phrase with you, Kay, God has been faithful to Cornerstone, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Well, I think one of the things that uh, I've been on the mission uh, team for about 15 years. And there were a period when we were down in that dump, uh, barely making the, the salaries for the pastor that God provided for our missionaries. He provided for us. He kept us faithful and, and relying on him to wait it out. And uh, I got to say, when uh, John called me um, and said, I'd like to apply for the pastorate, I thought, this young kid? Uh, we need a... a, a, a a pastor for the kids is that what you're interested in <laughs> and he said no I thought I'd be senior and he hasn't let me live that down <laughs> Stan how about you what, what, when you hear that phrase God has been faithful to Cornerstone what comes to mind for you just everything that's happened in these last 20 years or last 19 years that I've been a part of Cornerstone it's been just phenomenal we have uh, a leadership that of course Christ is the head of the church and then he has given us pastors and leaders and teachers and uh, elders. And we have an elder board, I must share with you folks, that is um, like none I've ever seen. We don't agree on everything all the time, but that's not the issue. We are in unity in all of our meetings. And if any of you folks would like to join us, we can't get you all in the room, but it's an open meeting and we do what God's will is. Scott, I, I just want to share one thing that at, at the end of second or first service, as we uh, finished up, a, a lady came up to me uh, outside, and she gave me one of these rubber um, bracelets. armbands, bracelets, and it says, God's got this. And that's the whole, God's got it. Absolutely. It's all his. That's worth celebrating. Well, let's thank Stan and Kay for sharing with us today. Thank you guys for your faithfulness. But before Stan goes, I did save this picture for last for you, Stan. So we've got, we got King Stan right here. You know, uh, I've had the privilege over the last few weeks to look at uh, probably thousands of photos, to, to watch hours of sermons. And for me, when I think about the idea that God has been faithful to Cornerstone over 30 years, it's incredibly humbling. Um, especially in the context of this conversation we've been having this month about gratitude. Um, because it was just a little over three years ago that I came uh, on July 10th, 2016 for my first real Sunday at Cornerstone. Um, and so 90% of the history of this church, I had nothing to do with. And, and it's an incredible, incredibly humbling thing to hear the stories of God's faithfulness and know not only did I not, not that I wasn't aware of it, but I wasn't a part of it. And I think sometimes we tend to take too much credit for what God has done and not give him enough credit for what he has done. 
And in light of the fact that there are very few founding members who were even still aware of where they are when it comes to this church. And almost all of you were a part of another church before you came to Cornerstone. And I'm going to hazard a guess that if life goes like it typically does, you're going to be part of another church in your life. What's happened here is not because of any of us. And part of what we're giving thanks for has to be what God has done. It has to be because of his faithfulness. And I, I look at the picture when they renovated the Whipple campus and these blue chairs that we just got rid of a couple of years ago. Um, they just had, you know, they had personality to them, to say the least. But, but when I think about this picture, I think about this has nothing to do with me. And this has everything to do with God. So with the time that we have left today, I just want to share with you two reflections that have just been uh, weighing on my heart over the last few weeks. I think in the context of our series on gratitude that I hope encourage you. And the first one is this. That God has been faithful to his church in the past. That God has been faithful to his church in the past. Now you might say, Scott, that sounds a little bit like a cliche, or that sounds really simplistic, or that sounds really churchy. But when you understand what what Stan shared, that there were some dark days where literally we were within days of closing our doors. Most churches don't come out of that. Much less to where we are today, where over 600 people will worship here at Cornerstone. And where you go on to give... $1.2 $1.2 million to missions 10 years after that. That just, that just doesn't happen. That is only because of God's faithfulness. And in the book of Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said these words to Peter. He said, I tell you, Peter, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now what Jesus wasn't saying was that he was going to build individual churches that were never going to close. Because many churches that were around in the early church in the first century, they they went on to close. And if you think about it, in 1989, when this church was founded, there were a lot of other churches that were founded. And many of them are not celebrating 30th anniversaries right now. The percentage of churches that don't last beyond five and ten years that are plants are the vast majority. And so the only reason that you have a place to call home that's cornerstone, that God has used in your life, is because of the faithfulness of God. It's not because I'm a good preacher. It's not because we lead good songs. It's not because we we have community groups or we do missions. It's because of God's faithfulness. And we're here to celebrate that. And in 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. And I believe that God's grace towards Cornerstone has not been in vain. I believe his grace towards you has not been in vain. And even though you've worked maybe really hard to get where you are, and people have worked really hard whose names we're not going to say today because many of them aren't known. But they worked hard to get us to this day, but it was actually the grace of God that was in them, that was working. And, and that's the humbling thing, is at the 60th anniversary, I don't know if my name is going to get mentioned. But I hope that there is a 60th anniversary and that God is praised. Because he has been faithful and will continue to be faithful. And when I think about Cornerstone, I think about this image. A foundation. If you've ever built a house before or you've watched a building go up, I can remember uh, a few years ago when I was living in Phoenix, I saw a sign on a fence that said Chick-fil-A coming soon. And it was like a message from heaven, you know. It was, 
I was a young parent, and it was half a mile away, which is just close enough to be dangerous. I don't even want to think about how much money we spent there over the next couple years. But, but I can remember how excited I got watching the foundation go in that Chick-fil-A. But it wasn't because I was excited for rebarb and concrete. It's because I knew what would be built on top of that foundation. I knew what that would mean. And you might say, Scott, I'm not as excited about this 30th anniversary thing as you are. That's okay. But you should be excited for the foundation that's been laid. Because if the foundation of faithfulness has been this great for 30 years, how great is the future going to be? If God has been this faithful in our past, what does it mean for the future? And that's my second observation. That because of God's faithfulness in the past, we can be hopeful about the future. I don't know what the future holds for Cornerstone. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't have an inside track where I know all the things that are going to happen over the next even five years or ten years. But what I do know is that if God has been this faithful to deliver us from almost closing our doors and maybe these two rows of people being the people who call Cornerstone home, who are here and giving and serving, and he's brought us to where we are today, man, that fills me with so much hope for the future. God is setting us up. And the video ended with a scripture that's been on my heart this week from Ephesians 3, where Apostle Paul says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work in him and the church, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And I I think about all the things that God has done in the past and, and what that is setting us up for in the future. And what it's setting us up for is lives being changed. There are some of you that got baptized in this church. There are some of you who came into this church and you said, I'm going to give church one more try. There's some of you who came in this church like Kay did, isolated, scared, feeling vulnerable. And now you say, this is home. For so many of you, if you were to tell your life story, like we told a little bit of Cornerstone's life story, it would be impossible to tell that story without Cornerstone. And if that's the case in your life, then what could God do through us in the lives of hundreds and thousands of more people? On the back of your hand, there's a couple of next steps. I'll make this personal for you today. And the first one is this. In your bulletin, I want you to pull out the small card that's your thankfulness card. There's a little card in your, in your bulletin. It looks like this. It's got green on it. It's a little business-sized card. I think we have some ushers available who may have some extra cards. If, if you don't have one, you can grab one in the lobby. But before you leave today, if you can read the print on that card, what it encourages you to do is it encourages you on the back, and there's not a whole lot of room. So for those of you who are wordy, you're going to have to pick a few words or a couple cards. You can cheat that way. But we want to encourage you to write down at least one thing that you are thankful to Jesus for him doing in your life through Cornerstone. When you think about your time here, what is one thing that God has done? What is one thing that you can praise him and give thanks to him for? In the lobby, there are two kind of uh, autumn, fall-looking trees. We're calling them thankfulness trees. And we're going to encourage you to take those cards out there, either clip them on the tree or put them by the base of the tree to participate together in giving thanks for what God's done in in our lives. The second thing we want to encourage you to do is to share what you wrote on social media. Maybe take a picture of that card before you post it. Maybe you write a post and you tag us on Instagram or Facebook. We're at Prescott Cornerstone. But just share what God's done through this place in your life. 
And then number three, we want to encourage you to meet up with your community group this week that Kay and Stan talked about, or to meet with a friend and celebrate what God has done in your life and talk about your hope for the future. There's a sentence that I've been filling out for the last couple weeks as I've been preparing for today, and it's this sentence. Because of God's faithfulness to me, I can be hopeful about blank. I hope what today has done is not only allowed you to look in the past when it comes to this church, but look at your past and see how God's been faithful to you, to see how God's worked in your life and to give thanks for that. And then allow that to help you to be hopeful as you look for the future. Because Christ calls us to be people who are filled with faith, hope, and love. And our hope isn't because of who's in the White House. Our, our hope isn't because of what's going on in our lives or our current condition. Our hope is based upon the faithfulness of God. And if God's been faithful to you in the past, well, then what can you be hopeful about as you look towards the future? And we believe that God has laid a foundation here. That he's laid a foundation in each of your lives. And as you follow and trust in him, the future is ridiculously bright. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for what you've done through Cornerstone. We thank you for your faithfulness in the good days and the bad. And we celebrate today so that you will receive the glory and the honor and the praise. None of us are where we are because of ourselves. We may have worked hard to get here in our lives where we are today. There has been so much hard work that's been sown into this church over 30 years. But, but we're not here today because of just the, the energy and sweat and giftedness of people. We're here because of you. We're here because of your faithfulness and your goodness. And we believe that the best days for this church are ahead because of you. And so we pray in the places where Jonathan and Susan are today in the place where Colton and Shauna will be returning to in the places that we call home and the places where we live and where we work and where we study and where we play where we'll be this week God we pray that you would be at work and we pray that we would be voices and beacons of hope because we know your goodness we've tasted of it and we've seen in our lives the difference that you make God, we have never walked alone in this life. Our church has never walked alone. Your faithfulness has been so great. And we honor you and we glorify you and we thank you for that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.cornerstone.com prescottcornerstone.com